Biden administration has a new narrative, but this one's been done before and it failed before. John Fetterman, who is ahead in the polls for the Senate race in Pennsylvania, doesn't seem to have much of a mind left. And the study shows that keeping kids out of school have uh, made them dumber. But is that the only problem with our education system? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right. I'm a little late today. Uh, it's because I was not home last night, so I didn't get to write this till this morning. And I was just kind of out of sorts today, so I, I just took my time, and I, I didn't bother um, rushing this. And I got a feeling I'm going to be doing another podcast tomorrow because Joe Biden is going to have another speech. And the speech, it's going to be about Ultra MAGA. That's right. We domestic terrorists, what is what is the term, scholastic terrorists or whatever they're calling us now? Uh, conservatives was what they're calling. Yeah, um, we are endangering the soul of America. Now, and he, he, Joe Biden did this on Tuesday. Uh, was it Tuesday? Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. Or no, he did it this weekend. Jean, uh, Karen Jean-Pierre, she just keeps pumping it out. She doubled down on this whole thing when she was asked about it. Listen to listen to what she says about those evil, evil, evil conservatives. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. Got that? You got that? We are dangerous, a dangerous threat to democracy because we won't let a socialist do whatever he wants to do. And we argue with him and we disagree with him. And we don't like, we don't like the economy. We don't like inflation. We don't like high gas prices. So if we disagree with the situ, with the world the way it is, the country the way it is right now, uh, we're extremists. She doubled down on this later in the press conference. I mean, this is something typically the press secretary does not do. And she did. She nailed it. So here she, she brings it up again. And again, she's got to attack Trump and everybody who supported Trump, everybody who supported Trump, all 75 million right now. Honestly, if we had the uh, election today, it would be probably about 85 million. Because this administration has done such a piss poor job running the country. So let's listen to her again. Extreme uh, part of, of the party. He's been very, very clear about that. He was just in Maryland, as you all know, and he talked about Governor uh, Larry Hogan and talked about how he is a conservative Republican who does not, who is not in that bucket, right? He was very clear and he, he was very purposeful in saying that and being respectful to a uh, conservative Republican who are not part of that extreme. Uh, so again, want to be very clear here. Uh, this is not a blanket statement. Uh, this is calling out what we have seen for some time. Uh, um, 
uh, since 2017, as the president wrote about in his article, right? When you are when you are supporting an, an authoritarian figure, as we have seen, who is leading currently leading the former uh, uh, the former president, uh, you know, and and um, and saying the inciting the violence that you are or wanting to take away our freedoms, uh, you know, it, we need to say something. He's not going to shy away from that. 75 million people voted for Trump. How is this not a blanket statement? She's calling anyone who voted for Trump a terrorist, a threat to democracy, a threat to the rights and freedoms that we have. Meanwhile, she talks about conservatives are going to take away your freedoms and, and Trump is an authoritarian. Yet it's King Biden that is implementing regulations, raising taxes, unilaterally giving money away, threatening to take our gun rights away, working with the media to, to suppress free speech. He's doing that. Trump cut our taxes. Trump encouraged gun rights. I know this is a cynical way to campaign by the Biden administration. That's what it is. They, they have nothing going for them. Everything that Biden has touched, has touched has turned to crap. He's got crappy foreign policy, crappy domestic policy. He's got a, a, a problems at the border. He's got drug problems, crime problems, all caused by this defund the police crap. And he's got to find a different narrative, something else. And this is simply trying to bring Trump back in. That's why I think Mar-a-Lago was raided, to bring Trump back into the picture so that people, even though he's not on the ballot and hasn't been president in two years, it's to get him into the conversation. But this is what bothers me. And it, this, this does bother me. This has dangerous repercussions. This is how gulags are made. This is how genocides start. This is how con uh, concentration camps get populated. When one starts demonizing half the country, saying that they will take away your freedoms and your rights, this makes violence understandable and acceptable by, by one or both sides. If you had a chance to go back in time and end the Holocaust before it even began, just by killing Hitler, wouldn't you? But that's exactly what Biden is doing here. It's very dangerous. Here's a newsflash. Biden and his administrations are calling conservatives who like Trump Nazis. Does that sound familiar? Why wouldn't you kill a Nazi? It's a very, very dangerous game this guy is, is playing right now. So John Fetterman, the Democratic Senate candidate for Pennsylvania, is brain damaged from a stroke he had a few months ago, and he's beginning to show it. Now, John Fetterman will not, I repeat, will not debate Mehmet Oz. He will not, will not debate him. And the reason he will not debate him is because, well, he says it's because Mehmet Oz is mean, you know, because he makes fun of his mental disability. He actually said this. He tweeted this. He makes fun of his mental disability because of his stroke. But of course, Mehmet Oz is a doctor, and he's just pointing out, pointing out the reality that this guy is mentally deficient now, which is normally what happens after a stroke. 
and he can't be trusted to be in the Senate because he is deficient. Well, let's give you some examples. I again, I think this is important because I think we need to. I think Republicans need to win the Senate. I I think we got a. I'd say a 50-50 chance of winning the Senate. I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't win it. I wouldn't be shocked if we did. But I really want this guy to lose because this guy is a pure communist. I mean, there's like, he says I'm a socialist. No, he's a communist. This guy, if he could be the king of, or he could be the dictator of the United States, he would be. But he can't get any words out. So here are, here's a here's an interview he had with uh, MSNBC and listen to her question and listen to his response and see if you can tell me what's wrong with it. Pennsylvania voters. It's a very big state, right? Think about Western PA in, in Pittsburgh, where the economy was thriving before COVID, filled with tech companies and universities. There's probably all sorts of people there thrilled about student debt forgiveness. But go 30 minutes outside to Beaver County, where there's likely voters who are saying, I just want a good kindergarten. I want a good fifth grade. How do you serve both voters? We've got a complicated economy. People want very different things. I, I just think people need to understand what the, and, and be able to recognize uh, you know, what their lives are, are really like. And we believe and we know that we actually do that uh, very important, too. And, you know, living in western Pennsylvania, living across the street, actually the way we're having this interview right now, right across from a steel mill. We have to understand that that we all can't work at Google or we can't all be working at a hospital. We have to make sure that we are making more stuff here in Pennsylvania and in America. And we also have to make sure that we have to make sure that we address to an obscene uh, minimum wage and how can we now running for the senate and you own 10 homes and you are not unwilling to raise a minimum wage above seven dollars and 25 dollars an hour um i mean we all know that dr oz does live in new jersey but the simple is important too to recognize how can you understand a life of a pennsylvania resident if you have nothing to to be able to serve one that has no clue on what life is like living here in Pennsylvania. What the hell is he talking about? What? She asked you... She asked you about the education system and the loan bailouts and stuff like that. You're going off on 50 different directions. I. He never... Not only did he not answer the question, not only did he just dump a lot of crap out there, but... I forgot what the question was. He was talking so much. Well, anyway, that isn't the only one. I mean, I, he's talking about steel mills and minimum wage. What? She asked you about education. Now, you could sit back. I personally take that as this guy just can't answer questions anymore. He's just done. Okay. But here is another. I mean, he did say... $7 and $25 minimum wage, which is like what? Uh, but here is, here's one. He's at a campaign rally and he starts speaking and then suddenly everything falls apart. Listen. Being anti-union is anti-American. What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe, 
kind of their income a path to a safe place for them to win or excuse me to, to work this guy's gone this guy is absolutely gone he has no brain left Mehmet Oz wants to debate this guy and Fetterman even said in a tweet earlier that he th he thinks there should be at least three debates but Mem but Fetterman has already said yeah I'm not debating him He's not debating him because he'll get killed. He'll get killed on the issues, and he'll get killed on the fact that the guy can't form a sentence. And he's gotten really bad. Unfortunately, he's going out there, and he's he's trying to hide a little bit. But the reality is he still is expected to speak. Okay. This is just funny. Um... This is a this is by this statement here is by a guy named Victor David Hansen. That's who's speaking. And I'm reading one of his books now. He's on Fox News all the time. He wrote a book called A Case for Trump. It's a very good book. It's a very good book and I would suggest once I get through it I'll I'll tell you about it. But he's sitting back and he says that one of the things that our country is going through is people are throwing out the most nonsensical lies and the country is buying it. Now, he uses Jesse Smollett's fake hate crime as an example, and he goes over all of the problems with the, the fake hate crime, but his message, and this is because I know what his message is because I've read his book and I listen to him all the time. His message is really kind of important. So let's listen to him, because this is really funny. ...about that, as I did with a Juicy Smollett case. That was another example that sort of, I mean, that was the, it wasn't that kind of the ultimate trajectory of identity politics, because what you were saying, what he was saying to America was, I'm going to create the most unlikely, impossible, illogical scenario in the world, and I'm going to make America believe it, because they're so deranged that I can get away with it. And so it wasn't just, I'm African-American, but I'm going to be African-American and gay. I'm not just going to be African-American gay, I'm going to be African-American, and I'm going to hate Trump. I'm not going to be just African-American and hate Trump, I'm going to be young and hip on empire. I'm not just going to do all that, but I'm going to be walking at 2 a.m. And I'm not just going to be walking at 2 a.m. I'm going to see two white guys who happen to be prowling around liberal Chicago. Not just two white guys are doing it. They're going to have a MAGA hat on. And they're not just going to have a MAGA hat on. Two white guys with a MAGA hat and liberal Chicago are going to say, we're going to prowl around because maybe Jesse Smollett, whom we immediately recognize and yell out, as the enemy of Empire, because we always watch Empire, and, you know, Bob says to Fred, let's go out and look for Jesse Smollett-type people tonight, and by the way, let's take some lynch rope with us, and then Jesse's, and if that's not enough, let's get bleach that, that freezes at five degrees, and we'll throw it and, and defy the laws of chemistry, it won't freeze in our case. And then not only will we do all that, we'll beat him up, and we're very big, but Jesse's, Juicy's very small, but he's a better fighter, and he's going to fight us off while he's got his sandwich in one hand and his cell phone in the other, recording the whole thing. That's what we were asked to believe, and the nation did. And so, if, 
Okay, I, I just think it's funny. It also shows you just how asinine the whole Jesse Smollett thing is. I also think what's funny is conservatives, because this guy lied and he continues to lie, he still says he was attacked by... I, I mean, there are two guys in jail for conspiring with him. So, yeah, we know the story already. He's still lying about it. But anytime a conservative talks about Jesse, they don't call him Jesse Smollett. They call him Juicy Smollett. You notice that? That's a thing. And people are doing that. But I think the biggest thing is, is the propaganda. Joseph Goebbels, who was the head of propaganda under Hitler's Nazi Germany, he made a statement. If you tell a lie big enough and you keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. That's the message I got from this. We live in a world where even the most crazy stories are being believed. Look at some of the extreme stuff out there. I mean, my lord, look at the climate hysteria. We're all going to die in 10 years. Look at the racism hysteria. Cops are just walking out there and shooting black people. I mean, geez, we talked about it yesterday. A computer program is racist now. A computer is racist. Everything is racist. Look at the idiocy of the LGBTQI plus minus divided sign group. And all that radical gender theory crap. Where boys can become girls and girls can become boys and you can go back and forth. And the pronouns thing. All this stuff are nothing but lies. But half the country believes it and is willing to give up their freedoms to the government because the government says they can fix it. I don't think, I don't think his message is funny. I think the story is funny. I don't think the message is funny. I think it's, it's sad. It's kind of scary, especially what we're going to hear tonight from Biden, what we've been hearing from Biden earlier in the week, what we've been hearing from John Pierre, I don't think any of this is funny because we are becoming Nazi Germany right before our eyes. Okay, here's our next story. And I don't think this story should come as a shock, but I think one of the things I'm going to argue is going to be a little bit different because I am actually don't think our system has any, our educational system, I don't think the pandemic changes our education system's problems. I think the pandemic brought our education system system's problems to light, but they are far worse. It's far worse than this. So according to Fox News, American students reading and math skills were severely damaged during the coronavirus pandemic across almost all demographics. A report on the nation's plummeting test scores was published by the Department of Education on Thursday, showing dramatic losses across the board for students in the United States. Quote, in 2022, the National Center for Education Statistics, NCES, conducted a special administration of the NAEP long-term trend, LTT, reading and mathematic assessments for age nine students to examine student achievement during the COVID pandemic, end quote, the education department reported. 
Quote, the average scores for age 9 students in 2022 declined 5 points in reading and 7 points in mathematics compared to 2020. Uh, end quote, said the DOE. Quote, this is the largest average score decline in reading since 1990 and the first ever score decline in mathematics. You mean not allowing children to go to school and have to sit in front of their computers and, let's face it, their phones, because they're not paying attention, um, made children dumber? Uh, and not slightly dumber, like dumber than they've been in the last 30 years. Heck, this is the first time we can't add. Mathematics is bad. We, we've never been below the record in mathematics. But we're heading down a road. You know what? We've been heading down this road for a while, and we cannot blame. We cannot blame the pandemic. Heck, in Baltimore, less than 69% of the students uh, graduate high school. 41% of the students can't read. 41% in Baltimore can't read. Is that because of the pandemic? That was happening before the pandemic. If you're a high school student, you can't read. Well, I mean, the pandemic was a year ago. Two years ago. I think we need to face the real issues of the education system. We got a ton of bad teachers out there that can't be fired. You've got the teachers union. They keep the bad teachers and overpay them. You also have gangs. You have drugs. You have the breaking of the nuclear family. You've got common core curriculum. Oh my God. Common core curriculum. I, 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 I see what my, what Josie's daughters are doing. And it makes like zero sense. Zero sense. They've replaced memorizing times tables with that weird ass uh, square thing. I can actually come up with an answer to a multiplication problem faster than any of the kids can just by writing it out. They've abandoned phonics, for Christ's sake. You know phonics, where you had to actually know that A was A uh or A, B was ba, C was ka or cha or sa. That's how you learn to read. You, you actually sound at... There's a big push right now to start teaching phonics in school again. There is a big push to, to, to teach phonics in school again. So that's a good thing. We're worrying more about the child's feelings and rights than we're worried about training the child for success once he or she leaves the school. Oh, well, that child has a right to wear a bra to school or wear uh, pajama bottoms, which has never made sense to me. A kid wearing pajama bottoms to school. Personally, we talked about this yesterday. Personally, I think kids should be in uniform. All kids, public school, private school, doesn't matter. And then finally, it's the indoctrination into social issues like critical race and critical gender theories that is really being taught in schools. The indoctrination thing is a big deal. 
and teachers are admitting it. There's a teacher, there's a teacher that Project Veritas caught on um, on camera and on audio, where he says, "Well, yeah, we don't hire hire Catholic school teachers. We don't hire Catholic teachers because Catholic teachers tend to be conservative. We also don't hire um, conservatives. And yes, you can't ask them, but." I, I would normally play this video, but the audio is very, you, you can barely hear it. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I have the video, the Project Veritas video. And you should watch it because I know Project Veritas is going to get suspended. So you probably want to take a look at it. But this guy admits, yeah, we don't hire conservatives at all. And he even admits later in the video, yeah, we're here to... to indoctrinate kids into, he doesn't say that per se, but we're here to indoctrinate kids into democratic um, values. That's what they're doing. There is no doubt that the closing of schools in the last two years harmed children, but once again, it is a small part of the problem. There's lots of core issues, lots of baseline issues that have made our education system an absolute disaster. And it's not been happening in the last two years. It's been happening for the last 10, 15 years. It didn't just suddenly happen like they want you to believe. Okay, so let's go on to our next story. Welcome to the party, Chicago. Yeah, uh, Texas sent its first busload of illegal aliens to Chicago, about 100 people. Government Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott said he's going to start sending them to Chicago now. Since they claim to be a sanctuary state and Texas is not. If you break the law in Texas, you go to jail. That's how they work in Texas. A spokesperson for Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and I got news for you, you know we're going to hear more from her because she's such a bitch. Anyway, as... Quote, as a city, we are doing everything we can to ensure the immigrants and their families can receive shelter, food, and most importantly, protection. This is not new. Chicago welcomes hundreds of migrants every year to our city and provides much needed assistance. Unfortunately, see, there's your first problem. If you are an immigrant and this country takes you in, the one thing you should not be, the first thing you should not be doing is getting public assistance. I mean, this used to be the standard in the United States. You had to be able to take care of yourself. Oh, by the way, that's the standard in every other country in the world. If I wanted to go to Mexico, I need to prove that I can afford to live in Mexico. I need to actually prove it to become a Mexican citizen. And Mexico isn't the only state. Canada does the same thing. Why is it this state Oh, you, you can be an immigrant, legal legal or illegal. Come to this country and just suddenly go on public assistance. How's that benefit how is that person benefiting the United States? They're not. That's the point. They're they're absolutely not. Anyway, continuing. This is not new. Chicago welcomes hundreds of migrants uh, every year to our city and provides much-needed assistance. Unfortunately, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is without any shame or humanity. Oh, wow. But ever since he put these racist practices, I'm not 
sure how these are racist practices. He's not sending them back over the border. He's sending them to Chicago. How is that racist? He's saying, hey, you guys want them? You guys can handle them? There you go. There you go, New York. There you go, Chicago. Right? That's all he's doing. There you go, Washington, D.C. That's all he's doing. He doesn't have the resources to take care of all these people. And by the way, here, here's the thing. I mean, I mean, Chicago got 100 people. 100 people. Texas is pulling in 7,000, is, is, is pulling in between five and 7,000 a day. How, they have to pay for that? Doesn't seem fair. Anyway, uh, so uh, unfortunately, without shaming him, ever since his racist practices of expulsion in place, we have been working with our community partners to ready the city to receive the individuals. You know what they're trying to do now? Um, these sanctuary cities are now actually having mayor meetings because guess what Abbott's doing? He's going city to city to city. He's going to send five, 6,000 per city. He's already done that in Texas. He's already done that in New York and Washington, D.C., and those people were bitching about it. California must be flipping a bitch right now because you know Abbott's going to send 5,000 people to Los Angeles and then another 5,000 to San Francisco because they're, such, they're a sanctuary state. Please don't send them to San Diego. We've got enough of them over here. So I can't wait to hear all the bitching that we're going to have. I can't wait. Okay. Well, apparently, I need to change banks. And yeah, I just gave you some information here. Um, according to Daily Wire, Bank of America is under fire for a new mortgage lending program geared specifically to black and Hispanic home buyers. The loan to be made in select minority communities throughout the country require no down payments and no closing costs. Although white home buyers in those neighborhoods who meet certain criteria are eligible for the program, the North Carolina-based lender said it is designed explicitly for blacks and Hispanics. Quote, our community affordable loan solution will make the dream of sustained home ownership <laughs> sustained home ownership attainable for more black and hispanic families and is part of a broader commitment to the communities that we serve end quote aj barkley head of neighborhood community lending for bank of america said okay i mean i mean outside of this being completely illegal i mean it's unconstitutional it violates tons of state laws um, this is just stupid. Do you remember the 2008, uh, uh, mortgage crisis? You remember the 2008 mortgage crisis? What happened? They started giving loans to people that couldn't pay back their loans. What are they doing here? They're giving loans to people that may not be able to pay back their loans. And, and the only reason they're doing this is because of the color of their skin. Well, here I got some. I got some news slash for you. Um, part of the uh, loan application, when you first put in a loan application, I don't know if you've bought a house before. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. And you probably know this. Is it says in the application that your race, gender, creed, whatever, cannot be taken into consideration for the loan. 
This is another example of ending racism through discrimination. That's what it is. Ending racism through discrimination. So we need to discriminate to end racism. Sound familiar? Again, completely illegal. But since when does wokeism care about the law? And the other thing that really gets me about this whole thing, this is another company that follows those ESG standards, environmental, social, and governance. This is a company that this is what ESG standards want you to do. Absolutely insane. Okay, I'm probably going to do a podcast tomorrow. I'm going to listen to Joe Biden's speech. I'm sure we're going to have something. I'm sure we're going to have something to talk about it tomorrow. I I, I got a feeling, yeah, this guy is going to be, well, he's going to be unifying the shit out of us. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. So visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you guys have a great day. If I don't do the podcast tomorrow, I hope you have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>